Brought to you by Feitner Productions. From the Beyond Unreasonable Doubt Studios, in association with Feitner Productions, it's Lay Down the Law! With your host, Billy DeClerc. Hey, that's me. Yeah, that's right, Billy. That's you. <sighs> Featuring Christina Moore, Artoon Nazareth, and Rob Skirbo. Only a madman would dare to bring these people together to build a world of law and order, only to tear it apart with laughter. That madman is attorney Billy DeClerc. The result is a podcast blasted to the farthest reaches of the internet. That podcast is this one, and it starts right now. Welcome to Laying Down the Law, Earmark Edition, the Law and Comedy Podcast. I'm your host, Billy DeClerc, and I'm what you'd get if David E. Kelly wrote a Chris Farley and David Spade buddy comedy movie. <laughs> Let's introduce my guest. First is a comedian and actor known for his wacky characters, his sketch performances, and improv at UCB. That's the Upright Citizens Brigade for the Uninitiated. You can see him on screen in The Connors, Stumptown, and Ghostbusters Afterlight. Or on stage at UCB with his Herald team, Ghost. He's also a professional hypnotist. Please welcome back to the podcast, Artun Nazareth. Sleep. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. Not going to be putting, I made this joke last time. <laughs> not going to be putting anyone to sleep today. No. Awesome. Our next guest is engaged to wed Artoon. She stands five foot five and turns 29 years old later this year. 29 years young, some people might say. Last year, she graduated from Loyola Law School of Los Angeles. That's a lot of L's, but she's not taking any L's. She took and passed the California bar exam. That's right. You can hear the applause in the background right now. And she survived <laughs> Omicron. All right. She currently practices transactional law in the entertainment industry, which means she likes reading long contracts and she has no idea how to talk to a judge. She is launching a new podcast titled Cage Old Question with our tune where we ask that eternal question, is Nicolas Cage the greatest actor alive? The answer, yes. She is Christina Moore. <laughs> Hi, Billy. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming on the show. And finally, he is not engaged to our tune, but he is a comedian from the UCB theater. He says he's funny, nice, and he talks way too much. He's also humble and took my request for a short bio. Very, extremely, totally, literally. Please welcome Rob Skirbo. Hey, everybody. Hello. Hey, thanks for having me. Good luck finding anything about me. Good luck ever learning anything about me, guys. You'll never find it. You'll never find anything about me. All right. Well, when we come back, we're going to hear a fight about lights. But first, a word from our sponsor or sponsors. And we're back. This week's case of the week is brought to you from the great state of Illinois in 1968. The case is Schlensky versus Wrigley. This is a case in which a plaintiff, William Schlensky, filed what's called a derivative action, we'll get into that, against the defendant director of a corporation, Philip K. Wrigley, to force installation of lights at Wrigley Field so that the Cubs could play baseball at night. So the question of this case is, was it mismanagement by Wrigley 
for the Chicago Cubs to refuse to install lights in Wrigley Fields in the 1960s. All right, here's the background. Philip K. Wrigley, the chewing gum magnet, was a director of the Chicago National League Ball Club, which is the company that owned the Chicago Cubs at the time. The plaintiff, Schlensky, was an investor in the corporation. And so this is where I'm going to take a side note and just explain what a derivative mm -hmm. action is. Uh, Christina, you can jump in at any time if I get this wrong because I'm a corporate lawyer. I'm usually not accountable for my legal acumen. So I just, you know, everybody believes what I'm saying. <laughs> so Philip Wrigley owned about 80% of the corporation. And this Schlensky was an investor in the corporation. He hold a minority share, meaning he couldn't control it. He's a, a small shareholder. Because Wrigley's got 80%. No one's even, the no one's even Chicago close Cubs. to this guy. <laughs> Right. He basically, if what he says goes, yeah. he's also on the board of directors. So he's a shareholder and he's on the board of directors and he's an officer. Those are three different roles. Okay. So shareholder is like the owner of a corporation. Like if you buy stock in say uh, Twitter and you, <laughs> you buy a share, share in it. Um, okay. I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm <laughs> listening. A director is, those are the people that are appointed to run the company. They're not employees. They're um, sometimes they're shareholders and sometimes they're not. And an officer is the person who's responsible for the day-to-day -day operations. So the CEO, the CFO, all those roles, those are the officers of the corporation. Sometimes someone can be all three. And in the case of Philip Wrigley, he was all three. So a derivative lawsuit is a lawsuit where a shareholder derives the right to stand in the shoes of the corporation, meaning the corporation should sue a director or should sue a shareholder or should sue one of its officers, but it's not going to because that person is in control. So Wrigley's never going to cause the Chicago National League Ball Club, the Chicago Cubs, to sue him over anything. So the process of a derivative lawsuit gives a shareholder a right to assert the rights of the corporation against a director. Now, there's a whole lot of complicated stuff about uh, how derivative lawsuits work. And there's obviously a lot of procedural yeah. hurdles because you don't want someone to come in and buy, I don't know, 9% of Twitter and then be able to force a lawsuit against the directors for doing something. You want to protect the directors to make their best business judgment. And this is a case about business judgment. In fact, we care about business judgment so much, we made it a rule. Mm. Not surprisingly, it's called the business judgment rule. How apt. Easy to remember. Here's what Schlensky said that Philip Wrigley did wrong. Yeah, let's hear it. Philip Wrigley was well known for opposing uh, the installation of lights at Wrigley Field. And if you know your baseball stadium history, you know that there were no lights at Wrigley Field for a long time. Since night baseball had first been played in 1935, 19 out of the 20 major league teams had night games. In 1966, out of a total of 1,620 games in the major leagues, 932 were played at night. Wow. The plaintiff Schlansky said every member of the major leagues other than the Chicago Cubs scheduled almost all of its home games in 1966 at night except for opening day, Saturdays, Sundays, holidays, and days where night games were not allowed based on rules. And this was done for the purpose of maximizing attendance because you know what people do during the day? They work. 
And so they can't go to a ball game if they're working. That's bad for America. People are going to baseball games. We needed them here at the office. Well, we need to think about what Philip Wrigley's incentives are. Like, you know, his Cubs investment is fun money. Where he really makes money is the chewing gum. And we all know you can't chew gum at work. So you got to get them in the ballpark during the day so they can chew the gum. Is this real or is this a bit? <laughs> this is a bit. The, the gum part? Listen, that's the a gum bit. part is a bit. Okay, good, good. That's a bit. His eyes like, were so big. I was like, he was right. freaking out. I was like, that's right. That's right. You have to chew gum during <laughs> You true. can't chew gum at work. They'll you make can't you spit chew, it out. You can't chew gum at work. You can't chew gum at school. You can't chew gum at night. If yeah. we want to spread more rumors around, um, something I've heard as well is that a Mr. Wrigley owned property near the baseball stadium. And if you were holding more games at night, then you were getting more noise pollution at night and that property value was going down. So there's a possibility that there were some other personal motivations behind yes. this decision not to hold night games. But like I said, this is kind of a rumor. I'm not really substantiating this. It's the same <laughs> no, as the gun thing. that's true. Well, that's got to be true. That actually yeah. sounds right because that's one of the reasons that Wrigley gave was that it would cause problems in the local neighborhood. Uh, there's no mention oh of the fact gosh. that he's a property owner. But that Classic. was one of the reasons that he gave. So the court looks at this case. And by the way, this comes before the court on what's called a motion to dismiss, which is very, very early in the case. So right away after the lawsuits filed, the defendant says, throw the case out. There's no case here. You can't sue me for that. Doesn't matter whether what you say is true or what you say is false. There's no you don't have the right to sue me for that. So the real question is here, right or wrong, true or false, whether any of these things are true or not, can you even sue somebody for making a decision to not hold night games? This is a federal 12B6 dismissal. Oh, now for oh. those of you that aren't lawyers, <laughs> federal. I just got chills. I just for, got chills also down for my all, spine. For all the listeners, Billy put on his glasses right now. I, I did, and I'm holding up a book. It's, uh, it's a law book, Business <laughs> Associations. This is a, it's a state court case, uh, case in the Illinois Court of Appeal. It's not federal 12B6. My assumption is that it's a, um, let me see. Actual I, I only asked not to freak you out just because I didn't want to say something wrong, but it might still be equivalent of like, of jumping in here of what my professors would tell me is that the defendant is saying, even if all of this is true, even if I did this and you hate it, you have no legal right to bring me to court. You need to go home and stuff it. Yep. Um, and exactly sometimes right. the court agrees. That's right. It's the Illinois state court equivalent of 12B6 motion. And for those of you who don't know, in the United States of America, we have two overlapping court systems. One is a patchwork of 50 states that each have individual state court jurisdictions. And then a United States federal court jurisdiction that essentially flows out of the U.S. Constitution. So when the, when the Constitution was formed, the framers believed that the state courts would manage kind of like all of the criminal law, all of the civil law, and that the only reason we would need federal courts was to basically resolve conflicts between the states. Fast forward 200 plus years, we now have a dual overlapping jurisdictions. The essential thing you need to understand is under the principles of federalism, Federalism is an idea that the federal government has limited powers and the states have basically original powers. And so the federal court system is our courts of limited jurisdiction, meaning only cases or controversies that either arise under the laws of the United States, federal laws, for example, oh, HIPAA, that one's in the news a lot. HIPAA is a federal law that governs your portability of healthcare and also certain privacy rights. 
So anything that arises under the federal laws, you can sue directly in the federal courts. So federal court is original jurisdiction of the laws of the United States. Everything else is state court law. Now, the case that was too complicated to bring in today, uh, this Eisenberg versus Flying Tiger Line, that's 451 F second 267 arising out of the Second Circuit in 1971 for the nerds. Oh. Um, that was a federal case and that arose under the other way you get into federal court, two paths to federal court. One is federal question, meaning there's a federal law involved. The other is a dispute between people from different states. <gasps> yes, that okay? makes sense. That makes because sense. basically the framers said, well, it's not fair if you're from New York and you're from Massachusetts. Well, you don't want to sue in, you know, in the, the courts of New York. That's not fair. You're going to get hometown every single time. So, oh, so and we, we don't want you to have to go to, to, to Boston because um, you can get hometown every single time. Um, and, and Boston will hometown you. Absolutely. You're going to get hometown. <laughs> You're going to get hometown in Chicago. So, so the point being that um, they, the framers thought, look, if this is between, if this is a lawsuit between people from different states, we want to give them a place that they can feel is fair. That's a national court system. And so that is called diversity jurisdiction. Now, understand that these were all white male landowners, so they didn't mean the kind of diversity we talk about today. <laughs> they, what they mean by diversity is y'all's from Virginia and y'all's from South Carolina, so that's diversity. Yeah. And also, if you're suing someone from another country or someone from another country is suing you, that can be in the federal courts. And then there's a whole bunch more other stuff about, about diversity jurisdiction and all the different rules, and we don't really care about that. The long, 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 long answer to Christina's very good question is it's in Illinois state court because most likely Sholinsky was an Ohio resident and so was Wrigley. Hey friends, producer Jeff here. I'm not a lawyer and I'm not here to tell Billy his business. However, I'm fairly certain that Sholinsky and Wrigley were Illinois residents and that's why this landed in an Illinois court. Back to the show. If they weren't, then most likely they would have gone to federal court. Not always true, but most likely. <laughs> that was awesome. That it was, was incredible. Yeah. I learned a lot. Okay, well, um, good. The next time you get sued in federal court, you'll know you broke a federal law. Probably the IRX, IRS tax code. Yes. <laughs> okay. The Cubs, between 1961 and 1965, sustained losses from its direct baseball operations. Now, understand the Cubs have other businesses. They have the stadium, the concessionaires. They make most of their money on the popcorn and chewing gum. Um, but the plaintiff says, look, you, the losses, the reason you're having losses at Wrigley Field is because there's inadequate attendance at the home games. So Schlensky argues that if the directors continue to refuse to install lights at Wrigley Field and night baseball games, the Cubs will continue to lose money and its financial condition will continue to deteriorate. So again, the, he's trying to sue on behalf of the Chicago Cubs entity as yeah. a shareholder to sue Wrigley for making this decision because he's hurting the corporation. Because he's saying it's been 30 years. It's been 30 years of everybody else doing night games and we're not doing night games. And you can see we're not making as much money. You hmm. got to knock it off because the number one rule of corporations is we got to make money. We yeah. got to make money and as much as possible. And so... Shlensky's like, what the heck is going on? But the secret number one rule of corporations is the business judgment rule. 
That's exactly right, Christina. And actually, there's another case in this chapter of the textbook of Ford versus Dodge. And apparently, I don't know if you know this, but Ford and Dodge were partners early on, and the Dodge brothers sued Henry Ford because he wasn't paying distributions. And so that case gets cited in this case because the, the cardinal rule, the reason that that corporations exist is to drive profits to their shareholders. They don't exist for any other reason. So they have these two rules that are really in conflict. The one being the, the primacy of shareholder profits and the other being the business judgment rule, which is we defer to the judgment of the directors to decide what to do. And to be clear, that, that Ford v. Dodge case is so amazing because it sets the legal precedent and the law for just because you are the head of a corporation doesn't mean you can treat your workers better at the expense of shareholder profits. You are literally not allowed to just start treating your workers better if shareholders won't be making as much money. So when you think about what the world looks like today with how uh, Starbucks is acting and yeah. how different corporations act, you can see that it's been legalized um, through the decades. But the business judgment rule is, is giving a lot of credit to the people running these corporations saying they're doing their best they we have to assume that they're acting reasonably because it's a tough job running a corporation that's exactly right yeah, yeah and and just for, for context the profit and the wages point is really a great point specifically what happened because i i did actually prepare for this time henry ford overnight doubled his workers salaries from 250 an hour to five dollars an hour to basically screw over the dodge brothers he said you know what i think i want to make my workers have more money in their pockets i want to drive the economy they can buy more cars that way and the dodge brothers were like but the profits but the distributions where's our money we're the shareholders so um if you feel like your wages are too low today you can blame the dodge brothers oh, God. all right so if you got, you see you see a dodge car you know you know which car to hit with it I'm already, <laughs> I'm already going on the internet right now looking for all the Dodges in my neighborhood. <laughs> I'm like, you guys they better, better be watch dodging. out. You guys, they better be dodging. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So plaintiff also pointed out that except for the year 1963, at every single home game, attendance was lower than their away games. Many of the away games were played at night. And so he compares the attendance at the Cubs games to the Chicago White Sox, which is in the American League, and whose weekday games were generally played at night. The weekend attendance numbers for the Cubs and the White Sox were basically the same. But the weekday games for the Sox had many more people at them than the Cubs weekday games. And so the plaintiff says, we got to install lights. You got to get more people. We got to get the butts in the seats. And the way to do it is put in lights, play at night. And, and Wrigley's just says, no, I'm not going to do it. I refuse. I don't think baseball should be played at night and I'm not going to allow it at my stadium. <laughs> it's already being played at night, but he's like, you know what? Uh -huh. Play it at night on your terms, but he on said, my turf. Literally his quote is baseball is a daytime sport. This is like, not even like that far off from like people today that I know, like yeah. that would own, own, like, this is like, I know people, I, grew, I grew up in Phoenix and like Scottsdale can afford to put a stadium in, but they don't even want to put a stadium in because of like traffic. And they're like, oh, we don't want things going on at night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like wealthy people are always like, I can't handle stuff going on at night ever. It's bad. Mm -hmm. It's bad. Go to bed. Like they're just confused. They get confused. That's all I got to say. Wealthy yeah. people get confused at night. Okay. They're confused. <laughs> they're very, they're very powerful during the day. 
it's much harder <laughs> so to count your money. You know, it's like they're by candlelight, right? And they're just counting yeah. their gold coins and stacking up. It's so hard to see. It's so confusing. They're just back. It's like carrying sacks of money from one room to another. So, they... <laughs> so plaintiff said, look, you could easily get the financing for lights. You could easily borrow the money and it would be more than offset by the increased revenues. This is ridiculous. Uh, Shlensky says that Wrigley refused to install lights, not because he cares about the best interests of the corporation, but because of his personal opinions that baseball is a daytime sport. And that installation of lights would have a deteriorating effect on the surrounding neighborhood. That's a quote. Um, so I think the theory about him owning property is a good one. The allegations of the complaint, and again, at this stage on a motion to dismiss 12B6 for the F Federal Rules of Civil, Civil Procedure, but on this motion to dismiss, we take everything that is alleged in the complaint is true. Uh, Shlensky doesn't have to prove anything. He just needs to say it. He alleges that Wrigley has admitted he doesn't care whether the Cubs would make money from playing games at night. He cares about the neighborhood and he would be willing to let the team play night games only if they get a new stadium. It's just what Christina said. It's, a, it's, it's about property. It's just, it's about his property. It, it's about property. It's just, he doesn't want to, he thinks it's going to devalue his home. I think or something weird. It's like all about a money game, it's, you know, yeah. personal game. I mean, not, uh, for the team. Yeah, it's very funny. It's, it's very personal to, and you know, he's 80% of the company. So basically what he says goes. And so the court says, uh, sorry, your complaint is tossed out. You can't sue him because of the business judgment rule. Basically the, the court kind of bends over backwards to help out uh, Mr. Wrigley. He says, well, there are all these different reasons that maybe it could be, you know, in the best interest of the corporation. You know, maybe it would lower the property value of the ballpark, or um, maybe he can't really get financing, or maybe they wouldn't really make their money back. And basically, the judges say, we're not going to substitute our judgment for the judgment of the biggest shareholder director, and most likely the guy who's contributing to our reelection campaign. Yeah, Philip what, kind, what kind of gum are these judges chewing? I think it's double. You know I mean, <laughs> I know. I just love to see that scene in an HBO drama about this, where at the end of the episode, they're like, "What's going on?" And then you look, and the judge is chewing the gum, and, it, and right. it's, it's like, like it fades to black, and you go, "That's uh, life." You know, that's that's big red. That's, that's what big it is. Yeah, it's big red. <laughs> yep. The courts basically says, read a quote directly from the case. It cannot be said that directors. Even the directors of corporations that are losing money must follow the lead of other corporations in the field. This is in response to the point that all the other ball clubs are making money um, with their games at night. Directors are elected for their business capabilities and judgment, and the courts cannot require them to forego their judgment because of the decisions of the other companies. Courts may not decide these questions in the absence of a clear showing of dereliction of duty on the part of the specific directors, and a mere failure to follow the crowd is not a dereliction of duty. Oh, I love this because on the one hand, I feel like Rob was doing a good job of, of expressing how preposterous it is of like, it's so clearly obvious that he's not following the standards and customs of everybody else in the industry who's making this out of money like everybody's like you obviously should be doing this but on the other hand you do have a point of like reed hastings netflix that when you have these breakout corporations and industries that are breaking away from the blockbusters and the other and they're changing the model like you don't have to act the way the rest of the industry is because if we squash that 
now you don't get new chances to profit, 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 baby. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And one of the things too, that's not really so true. Yeah. That that's not, we, we don't really get here so much is that um, the point about if, if Wrigley owned property near the field and that was his real um, reason, I think you get a different result because there is um, there's another doctrine that's related called fiduciary duty, which means you can't put your own personal interests out of the corporation. So had Schlensky had some facts that said mm. the real reason that Wrigley is doing this isn't because he's just opposed to baseball at night or and isn't just because he thinks that it's going to somehow devalue the stadium. It, what it really is, is he has this other reason, this other nefarious reason. He's benefiting his his chewing gum empire because it's going to somehow, you know, like it needed to be something related to um, Wrigley breaching that fiduciary duty, doing things that weren't in the best interest of the corporation, that was in his personal interest. And then I think you get past the, then you get past the business judgment rule. Here, it's just alleged that he's making bad business decisions and you don't get to sue your corporate directors because their business decisions are bad. It's just such an insane thing to not want to put lights in a baseball stadium, like <laughs> to me. But I also, I think it's so true though, at the same time that like, he doesn't have to put lights in it if he doesn't want to. Like, also, that's also like, I'm like, also like, I guess I'm surprised the judge wasn't like a big baseball fan. It feels like if they're chewing gum or mm -hmm. if they're that kind of in that culture, the, the judge is like, honestly, I would love to go to a night game. Like, like it just feels like, right. yeah, but it's just interesting. This is very interesting that it's just over like lights and that it clearly would work. It kind of feels like an episode of succession and that you just are upset with like Logan Roy. And you're like, is he just old and crazy or is he actually right? You know what I mean? Like, is, is my captain crazy? Like, is he going the wrong way because he's crazy or is he going the opposite way because he's been around forever and he knows that it doesn't matter. Cause sometimes you know? the fish has to swim the other way. They, you know, they know better. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic, Rob. That's so insightful. And I love the sound of your voice, Sartin. <laughs> Woo, is it getting hot in here? Getting hot in here. Getting hot I am. <laughs> I am engaged. I am engaged to someone in this in this podcast. <laughs> oh there, wow! There's there's lights at Wrigley Field now, right? There are. So okay. a postscript a postscript uh, to this um, case is that um, the Cubs didn't have night games for decades. They didn't install lights at Wrigley Field until 1988. Whoa. And the reason was the MLB officials basically announced that they wouldn't have any postseason games in the future unless they put lights in. <laughs> so before then, every game at Wrigley Field had been played during the day, with one exception, um, which I'll get into. And even today, there's a limited number of night games at Wrigley Field based upon an agreement with city council. Wow. In 1942, well before this case, Wrigley had actually planned to install lights, but they were scrapped for the World War II effort. And July 1st, 1943, the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League's mid-season All-Star game was played under temporary lights at Wrigley Field between teams composed of the South Bend Blue Sox and the Rockford Peaches players against the Kenosha Comets and the Racine Bells players. It was the first night game ever played in the ballpark. That is a nugget that someone needs, like, if someone in the industry is listening, you got to buy that buy the rights to that right now i know that that's just <laughs> such a a nugget of like that's just such a nugget of weird info right there like yeah that's, yeah that's i, I would think you absolutely the right. yeah. did i just blow I your love mind a poster or a tattoo that says 
Rockford Peaches play at night. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Well, it was, the, it was the South Bend Blue Sox and the Rockford Peaches. So I guess the Rockford Peaches. And did you know that and there was a Kenosha women. Comets? A Kenosha Comets? And the racing right. bells. Yeah. So Are you telling me these Redskins teams can't change their names to be something like Seriously. the Peaches or the Comets or the Bells? Be way better. Yeah. It's also I love the idea that they're like, F it. We're just gonna for everyone bring a lamp to the stadium. Women can see in the dark. Yeah. That's, that's actually, actually true. Yeah, that, that's yep. actually true. That's canon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you guys could see in the dark? Oh man. <laughs> I'm like, that's cool. This became an issue four years before the 1988 installation of the lights. In 1984, the World Series were supposed to start in the National League Park. Knowing that the Cubs didn't have lights, the MLB had a contingency plan. So if the Cubs made the World Series, they were going to start the series at the American League Park if the Cubs won the NCLS against the San Diego Padres. And then the Wrigley Field games, the daytime games, would have been held over the weekend. But the Padres beat the Cubs, and so none of it mattered. (laughs) damn losers don't get lights that's right that's right well they were gonna they weren't even gonna get lights they were just gonna get weekend games so um too bad cubs and then the 1980s the cub management were fighting to get lights they said the team would leave wrigley field if they didn't get lights and major league baseball basically threatened to play all the postseason home games at bush stadium in st louis i'm not that familiar but it seems like that's a threat that's a real threat (laughs) that's a real threat we're gonna take your ass to bush stadium (laughs) That's also, that's like their rivals. It's just very, it's helping another business. Like right. you're like, well, we're going to make them like, it's just very confusing. The, at this point in the eighties too, you're like, just uh, put the lights in like, like Bruce yeah. Springsteen's on the charts. Right. At the time. <laughs> he's, he's going like Reagan is trying to run for president. You know, uh-huh. he's been, it's like been a weird time. And the Cubs are like, should we put lights in? Yeah. There's like, these, co- like, there's like these cocaine fueled wall street parties yeah. in the MLB. Yeah. And they're like, I don't know what we ought to do. Should we put lights in Wrigley field? That's crazy. Like, it's just such a funny thing to be like, we got to put lights in this baseball stadium eventually. And it's like waiting until the eighties is crazy. Like star Wars has been out yeah. like, uh-huh. and you're sitting there in the theater and they're going, by the way, we got to talk about the light situation at yeah. one point. Yeah. At that point in time, there were three star Wars movies. And like, there was like rumors, like, did you know, George Lucas is like, got other episodes of star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> There's like, I remember as a kid growing up, I was like, they're like, did you know that, that, did you notice that Star Wars is episode four? There's actually nine parts. Like, where are the other six parts? What the fuck? (laughs) And then I completely grow up, go to college, and then I get Jar Jar Binks. What? So disappointing. I'm a little older than y'all. But um, but no, but that's such a hurts every generation. Yeah, Yeah. it really does. And like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm. Like I was a kid when Jar Jar came out and I was part of that generation that like was too dumb to understand. Like I was just like, I love Jar Jar. Like I was, free- I was like five. I was like my dad and it was probably killing, killing every adult in the room. Me just going, Jar Jar was awesome. And like, there have to be nice to me because I'm five. Me so it's a stereotype. Me so yeah. it's a stereotype. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Did you see the thing that it's canonical that Jar Jar Binks' father tried to kill himself because Jar Jar was so annoying when they got marooned on an island together? Oh, wow. No, I What didn't. is this? This is canon. This is, is another it? rumor and or canon. So. Is, this fan, is this fan fiction? 
I don't know. I reported it as canon, so yep. you'll have wow. to Google it later. That's right. Christina seems to have uh, her finger on the pulse with as many rumors <laughs> as possible. Oh <laughs> I also love a person that is ready to dish a rumor like That's with right. confidence. Yeah. I feel like I'm on TMZ and I'm just <laughs> pointing at you and you're like, Jar Jar's father killed himself. And I'm like, yeah. oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's like a seriously dark episode. Like, they're like, oh, I thought Empire was the darkest episode. No, <laughs> it's the it's, it's the Jar Jar prequel. That's going to be coming so, to you on Disney Plus soon. Yeah. And what's so troubling is they're Gungans. So I'm pretty sure they're good swimmers, but they're they're marooned on this island. And <laughs> there's no way off. <laughs> <laughs> right. Don't the Gungans like they go under, they can breathe underwater. Yeah, they have they have excellent underwater <laughs> skills. More and more, like I'm getting fact checked, but it's not like- <laughs> no, no, we're 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 going with this. We we agree yeah. this is canon. Yep. So five thousand six hundred and eighty-seven consecutive day games were played by the Cubs at Wrigley Field. Wow. The lights were finally lit on August eighth, nineteen eighty-eight. Eight eight eighty-eight. The day that will live in infamy against the Philadelphia Phillies. However. God had other plans. The game got rained out after three and a half innings. Those Cubs. So the first official night game actually took place the second, the next night against (laughs) the New York Mets and the Cubs won six to four. Good for that. You can't write anything better than that. That's like, I I love Moneyball because it's a great baseball movie, but let's talk about that. This movie about the lights, lights Pixar, where's Pixar. They got to do a movie about the lights. Like they could do a whole movie where the lights are talking and they're like, Uh you know, I don't know. Light bulbs. It'd be one of their, one of their ones with no dialogue. You know how like the beginning of like like, there's absolutely no dialogue for the first act. By the way, up the first, the whole movie is the first act. That's the best part of that movie, by the way. Yeah. When we come back, we're going to do some improv. Okay, here we go. Are you guys okay? Okay, let's. We're back. We're back. We're back. I feel like we're back. I feel like I've been holding my breath. Oh, we're really back. <laughs> and we're back. We're back, folks. For those of you new to laying down the law, we're gonna do. We're gonna do a little improv. And if you don't know what improv is, you're about to find out. Say, boy, have you ever yeah. considered chewing a piece of gum at night? You know, I used to chew gum at night all the time till my teeth fell out. Now, now I only chew it during the day because my, my teeth can't really hold it. And I, I'm worried I'm going to swallow it, choke and die. That's right. I've always said, if you don't have teeth, you better chew during the day. Now, I actually need you for a campaign. See, I've, I, hello, it's me, Mr. Wrigley. Yes, I know who you are, Mr. Wrigley. I've yes, been yes, yes. mowing yes. your lawn for 30 years. That's right. That's right. And you're, you're, you've grown up to be such a strong boy. You've grown up to be such a strong boy. <laughs> now, I got no I'm, teeth at age 35 and yes, I started I, mowing at age five, you know, that's right. Yes. And, and my, I always I say, like to introduce myself to my backstory. Yes. And he, and here's a quarter for today's work. All right. You keep that up. You keep that up now. Thank you. Now, look, I, I don't want to say this uh, too directly, but I will. I've poisoned all of my night gum uh, and all of my day gum is perfectly good. Now this is due to a long controversial plan. I have to, uh, Keep Wrigley Field from having night games. It's a principal thing, as well as I have a really nice uh, four-bedroom, three-bath uh, sitting right on the edge. And let me tell you, I like to go to bed at 9 p.m. I'm not trying to look for night games here. So I'm going to make a commercial with you. I need oh. you to sh- <laughs> Yes. I need you to sh- sh- smile big and say, I chewed gum at night and lost all my teeth. 
But if I chewed gum during the day, I'd be a strong, healthy boy. We cut to the we cut to the commercial. All right, guys, I'm very excited. This is one of my first gigs directing finally. Uh, So I just appreciate the cast and you guys are you guys are wonderful. And well, what's your name, kid? You're so strong. You're so strong. It's a boy boy. Okay, boy, 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 boy. You are like six foot five and you just smell like milk. And I love it. Uh, I've been told that you just we got to get you more milk. Okay, so this is the thing, um, Mr. Wrigley. Can you come here for a second? Yes, right here. Yes. Do you do you want to you you're all dressed up? Do you want to be in this commercial? Is that is that what you're trying to do too? Are you trying to be in the commercial? I'll happily be in the commercial. Thank you for asking. I thought you'd never ask. Um, yes, I'll just stand in the back, um, and you know, uh, yes, you we know what to do. You stand yes. in the back, That's and I'll say, and I'll say at the end, and yes, it's me, Mr. Wrigley. Okay. Okay. Good. This is going to be really good. Okay. We're just going to roll on the first take. Okay. We're just going to roll. We're going to do a, we're going to do one take. Okay. Okay. All right. Boy, boy. I want you just to just be yourself. I love your energy. Okay. Okay. Okay, guys. (laughs) Okay. What were you going to say? What were you going to say, buddy? I don't know. Are we rolling? I've never done this before. (laughs) It's going to be fine. Okay. Ready? Action. I should come at night and all the teeth go out. Cut to board meeting. Mr. Wrigley's presenting that, you know, we all agree here that we've gathered here today to Mm -hmm. discuss um, uh, Mr. Wrigley's proposal that baseball is exclusively a daytime sport um, and that despite this company's hemorrhaging cash from all points, we should continue to do everything possible to keep baseball a daytime sport. Uh, Mr. Wrigley, would you like to go ahead with your your plan for the commercial to make this happen. Yes, I'm looking to air this commercial. Now I know we're hemorrhaging cash. I know it's been brought up. In fact, we're we're in the, the red, as they say. Uh, I'm looking to play this commercial. Now this is Boy Boy, who we all know mows my lawn. Uh, and he's screaming into the camera, <laughs> straight, full frontal, um, <laughs> going, I've chewed gum and I lost all my teeth that night. Uh, then, of course, I say, and hello, it's me, Mr. Wrigley. Uh, we're going to play this ad every station, which I believe at this day, there's three. Uh, so all three, we got all three stations, and I want to play between everything. And I think to answer your initial question, it'll be nice. Wonderful. So I think we should put it to a board vote. Whether well, I just want to be this. heard for just a minute here. I'm. Uh, this is Bob Titanic. I'm the founder of the Titanic, as you remember. Uh, famously, uh, my ship sunk 34, 30 years ago. We're so sorry about that. I was just des- dif- desperately disappointed. They yeah. said it was unsinkable. They told me it was unsinkable. Uh, I just want to say I think this is a fantastic idea. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, uh, my name's Jared. I work here as well. Just you know, I have no. Uh, I when my family died. It- is that German? Jared? I work here as well. Oh, that's you work here as well. That's not your last name. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's, that's right. You're funny, Mr. Wrigley. No, I just also I lost my family in the Titanic. I don't, I'm just uh, I lost my family, my whole family in the Titanic. But also that's just me trying to be included in what we were all talking about. Anyway, well, and you know what? It's look, I, I know this is a bit of an aside, but thanks so much for being so cordial with Bob. I know it's been a very contentious point for you, but you've really put the past behind you. And it's only 
been about 30 to 50 years. Since 30 to 50 years. It's, 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 it's not as awkward as you think. It's not as awkward as you think. I, I honestly don't, when I don't, I don't blame him, you know, I don't blame him anymore. I just blame that, blame that damn iceberg, you know? That's right. <laughs> if I could get my hands on that iceberg, that's where I'd really need to bring in federal Ring in the FBI on that one. All right. Get all the, you know what I always say? It's what I always say. You know, some days you're the Titanic and some days you're the iceberg. It's just the saying I always say. Put it I wish you didn't say it so much. I wish you didn't say it so much <laughs> because I lost everybody I know. I lost everybody I know on that ship. But and I'm very sorry for your loss. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Anyway, anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, okay, okay. Well, did you? Well, have- I'm just glad to say that the board members all get along so well. I think it'll make it easy enough for us to put this to a vote whether or not we want to ratify Mr. Wrigley's proposal for this commercial for uh, uh, the continued message baseball is a daytime sport. So, by a raise of hands, all in approval of Mr. Wrigley's. Well, I'm raising my hand because I think that anything that over that over promises and under delivers is a great idea. Fantastic. Excellent. And of course, I'm raising and hello, it's me, Mr. Wrigley, in case anyone was wondering. I know it's just the four of us, but I am Mr. Wrigley. (laughs) Entered into the minutes. I'm going to raise my hand. I have a picture of the only thing I own is a painting of my family and it's a abstract painting. So I don't even really remember what their faces look like. It's just uh, anyway, I put my hand up. uh, And and might I say again, look, I'm again so magnanimous to be so cordial with Bob Titanic. And thank you again for selling pretty much every earthly possession you have simply to get on the board of the <laughs> Chicago Cubs. Uh, we really appreciate you have, having you here. Hey, I just followed the cash flow, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I just followed the cash. Want a hot dog? Yeah, I'll take a hot dog. A- anybody else want a hot dog? Uh, I'll take two. Okay. No. Okay, so three hot dogs? Okay. Well, dogs, yeah. He's having one. I'm having two. That's three. Okay. All right. Um, I'll be right back. Anybody want a beer? How about a beer? Yeah, I'll take a beer. I'll have two. All right. Where are you from, two? <laughs> well, as you know, I'm from the Mid-Atlantic. <laughs> the mid-atlantic sort of a, it's a, it's a, it's a as i can area. finally place your place your, your, <laughs> your cadence yeah you know what it doesn't feel fair that i'm getting one and he's getting two let me tell you it just doesn't sit right with me let me tell you let me tell you it doesn't sit right with me where's your accent from it sounds like i'm not sure <laughs> <laughs> vaguely upper eastern seaboard (laughs) the the upper eastern seaboard yes and you know what i know it's just a matter of payment but i think there's something criminal about what's going on here oh i agree what's criminal is the price of these hot dogs and beer so what i say is you and i get together and we sue this hot dog man Okay, this is escalating so fast, guys. You didn't think it was going to happen, did you? <laughs> I didn't think that. I invited you to. I invited you two to this game. And you guys get caught up in just like scheming some kind of lawsuit every five seconds. Hey, look, we, we all come from three different places. 
And I'm, I, I am reverting that's not unusual. I'm reverting back to my original accent now that I'm from the eastern seaboard, from the, the eastern east. seaboard, <laughs> the upper eastern <laughs> seaboard. And you know, I know we all grew up in uh, Pennsylvania together. Yeah, through different times, <laughs> different. different yeah, we grew up in different times in Pennsylvania. Times. And this, I've you know, as you know, I would try to we try to sue you every five every minutes, time we, we get every together. time we get together every time, and it's always been a failure. It's always it's never well, it's working not, out. Well, it's because it's like about something very strange. Like it's always like, oh, he didn't really have many ice cubes at his house. Let's see what we can let's uh, see what we can get. Yeah, let's see yet, what we can get. And I'm like, and I'm right there. You guys right. could just talk to me. You guys could talk to me instead of scheming some kind of lawsuit. Now, at the state level, it's always been thrown out very quickly. In fact, the judge rolls uh, her eyes and uh, just uh, goes, please, get out of my courtroom. Don't bother me. Well, she just belittles you, and then you you guys end up on the Internet, and you kind of just become clickbait. Everyone, you're just getting roasted on the internet constantly. It's so embarrassing. I can't can't go anywhere. You, You see, that's why I'm wearing a full cloak right now. That's right. But now that I have adopted this persona for the last five years, I'm suing you federally. You see, I'm suing you from the Eastern Seaboard to. He's from the he's from the 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 middle of the Midwest. The middle of the Midwest, exactly. And how do you think a federal judge is going to take this, huh? You think they're they're going to get offended that you are wasting their time? I think. Also, what are you suing me for? I just want to get you guys hot dogs, and you're spiraling. You guys are completely dressed like you guys are dressed like hitmen in in some kind of noir film. Look, you you invited us here to your luxury box. You offer us hot dogs and beer. We ask you for the hot dogs and beer, and then you simply belittle us about being memed on the internet. So I think that's a good basis to sue you. It's a good basis it's to sue. It's a good sue. basis to sue you. Uh, you know what? You know what, guys? I'm going to get you the hot dogs. You guys can sue me, whatever. But either way, I'm your friend. So think about that for we, just... We, yeah, and we've never said you're not our friend. <laughs> you can't sue me. You we sue you uh, affectionately, you know, like a you know, like a friend you give someone a high five. This one's just a little bit harder. Okay. All rise. The Court of the Honorable Virginia St. Louis is now in session. Please respect the flag over here in the corner and be seated to come to order. So what do you have for me today, gentlemen? Well, my, um, my, my friend and I, we're, we're, we, our friend keeps belittling us. All right, all right. First off, up top, I don't want anybody to waste my time. So let's get to the bottom of this. What's going on here? What are your legal claims? What do you think I can do for you here in this court today? In my court? Yeah, let me start at the beginning. Your Honor, these two are stacked on each other like the like the uh, like the like a look, bunch the, of kids in a trench coat. They're look, stacked on each other. Let's unstack these men. It's oh, hot. Oh, 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 my back. My I'm back. actually relieved. It was very hot down on the bottom there. So thank Ooh. you so much for that. All right. Well, All it's, right. Uh, Your Honor, I'm really looking up to see you now. Um, okay, let me start at the beginning. I've had to wear 
a cloak everywhere I go because I've been trying to sue my friend for so long. And every time I do, I end up on the internet looking like a buffoon. Yep. And, and, and I have a problem that uh, he keeps saying my accent is itinerant. It's, <laughs> and it's you? Intermittent and itinerant. He says it's, it's sometimes it sounds like I'm from Virginia, other times Maryland. Sometimes it sounds like I'm from Delaware and sometimes from Pennsylvania. And he just, you know, he's memifying me. Click here. Yeah. Click. What is this clickbait? Is it some sort of phishing thing? I, I, I feel like I'm always on the internet and there's always my picture up there and there's usually something like, you won't believe this idiot. Your Honor, I, I'm, I don't, I'm not here to sue my friends because they're here to try to sue me. I, I, you know, I understand, but I am worried about them. I am very much worried about their health. I'm worried about their judgment. I'm worried that they don't know what they're getting into half the time. They're constantly throwing money at the wall, trying to sue me, sue people for no reason at all. Mm-hmm. And, and I I've just, heard a lot of problems here today, a lot of problems here today. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I'm thinking you've got something on the nose there with throwing money at the wall. So we're going to sanction these two plaintiffs about oh, uh, $5,000 each will be due to the court, payable to the court immediately for bringing these frivolous claims into my court. And you will also be paying the attorney's fees and costs for your friend here holding three hot dogs and three beers on uh, his lap. And <laughs> this case is dismissed. Okay, it that's looks, a good thing, right? That's a yeah, good thing, Yeah, it looks like right? we made out like bandits. We got the 12 You guys are down. You guys are down. We got it. We finally did what we she needed. No, stop stacking. Stop stacking. Don't she get stacked. She sanctioned our hey, choices. I hey, feel like a winner. Up. Yeah, let's get, let oh, yeah, get, get back, back on my shoulder. Yeah, get, get back up. on my shoulder. Okay. Ah, okay, there you go. Ah, now I feel All like right. home again. It feels like home again. So are we on for poker next week or what? Yeah, are we on for poker next week? Oh, you guys are always welcome. You guys are always welcome. I'm always looking to move past this kind of behavior from you guys. We, we're, we're stuck in some kind of sitcom universe with, with you two, okay? And I just feel like every day it ends. It ends with you guys not learning your lesson. And then tomorrow I'm going to wake up and you guys are going to be right back to your same old antics. And I just can't stop it. Yeah, you know, we return home changed. Question mark? It's like we always say, <laughs> punctuation? <laughs> all right mr spielberg you know that ford versus ferrari was a big hit i know you didn't direct it don't worry but i'm saying oh i wish i could i wish i I know i know you were you were desperate to get into that sorry but continue yes i think there's a sequel here ford versus dodge holy shit I'm listening. I'm listening. Now, it's not about racing. So the audience might be a little <laughs> confused. I'm confused. Okay, keep going. But I know you mentioned previously your distaste for Dodge cars. And I think we could get an uprising. I'm looking to suck those, those guys as hard as I can. Okay? I'm not a fighter, but I'll fight, I'll fight someone for this. What, okay? This your, is a, it's color purple. Color purple really meant a lot to me, but I'm getting a lot of backlash for directing that one. Okay. So I'm going to do it right now. Okay. This is going to be my color purple. This is for the people. Okay. What's your favorite Dodge car? Or what's your, excuse me, least favorite Dodge car again? 
the Ram. I hate the Dodge Ram. Oh, God. So big. So the front, the big. front, the front is so big. Okay. I can't see what it even is. It looks like a transformer, which I produced those movies and I know. Okay. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, sorry. We're late. Mr. Kaufman. Sorry. We're late. Uh, Mr. Spielberg. I got my, uh, uh, get in here, Lady Gaga. Uh, we just, um, <laughs> I'm Bradley Cooper. As you know, I always introduce myself when I walk into rooms and I'm just want to say, I'm super excited, super excited about this Ford versus Dodge movie. Mr. Spielberg, you got to make this movie. It's kind of like the big short meets uh, shortcuts. It's kind of like a, it's a new it's a whole new take on 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 derivative litigation and on 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 insider trading, but but kind of energized. And I feel like it's it's a story for the ages really to be told. Yeah, Bradley and I feel like it's perfect for us and our voices. We could provide the soundtrack for it. When he called me up and told me about it, I oh. thought I have to do this. I have to do this. Oh. Sounds like a story. Lady Gaga, you are just, I love you. I just want you to play me like a puppet. Mr. Spielberg, you got it. That's we gotta, too much. Mr. Spielberg, we gotta, we gotta, what did every, what did ever you did to Tony Bennett, I want you to do to me. Spielberg, we got to <laughs> rate him. That won't happen. We got to be careful. All right. Yeah, hey. Well, well, I, what are you looking around for? It's just my office. This is my, you're in my territory now. Okay? You know what, Mr. Spielberg? I'm just going to like lay down on this couch right here while you talk to, to, to Lady Gaga. And, uh, you know, go ahead. We can call it. Should we call you Stephanie in good company or, or would you prefer? No, you Lady should Gaga? call me Lady Gaga. Okay. Yes. Yes. Oh, Gaga, Gaga, Gaga. All right. All right. Ready? I'm ready. Player one. Okay. Let's go. Mr. Spielberg, I respect your work and I would ask that you respect mine. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm happily married. And I got a little carried away. The, the artist in me from the 60s still comes out every once in a while. And I apologize. Uh, Bradley says the same when he's not napping. <laughs> was that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he was a real artist in the 60s, this Bradley. Now, uh, so let's get back. Let's get down to brass yes, tacks. Yes, yes. Thank you for letting us interrupt this pitch meeting. Yeah, go ahead, Appreciate Charlie. It. Yeah, so let's, yeah. let's get down to brass tacks here. So what we're looking to do here is, it, this is, think of, Think of all of the workers that have been screwed over over the years. Oh, I feel so bad yeah. for those workers. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the kind of energy we're looking to bring to this movie. We feel we, especially us for more than really anybody else. We really feel bad for these workers. We understand what it's like. We understand what it's like. Mm. It's hard working. It's hard working. Oh, uh, <clears throat> where's my espresso? It's it's three oh it's three oh four. All right. And we needed espressos here in th by three o'clock. All right. <laughs> but anyway, so it's. I'm it's, sorry. My, my wife is just. She, you, I wish you wouldn't talk to my wife like that, but <laughs> I really wouldn't. I really would appreciate it. I understand she was lingering, but she was lingering and it was awkward and she was not great in Temple of Doom, but that's not her fault. Honey, you can, but please, the espresso. One woman around here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was rough. Where, where were we? Where were we? We were, it's you were, difficult. uh, Miss, uh, you were talking about this mind bending adventure. Uh, oh yes. yes, yes Ford yes, yes, versus yes. Dodge. Ford versus yeah. Dodge. The specifically the sequel to Ford B Ferrari. Um, and so I, I was thinking this could be a way to give exactly the people their color purple. Um, you know. Oh, them. I like that. Because regardless <laughs> of 
race, regardless of age, regardless of uh, gender. It all goes back to the socioeconomic class. That's a diverse class. Exactly. Give the people their color purple. Are you implying that the people who received color purple before were not people? Oh, we're talking about a diverse. Lady Gaga. I am not. Gaga, Gaga. Everybody's talking about a diverse group of people with. from South Carolina to West Virginia. Mm, That's why I know what lady... kind of diversity we're talking about. Now. Can I just say, my girl Lady Gaga is good at two things. She's good at singing the blues and getting people to walk things back. <laughs> Really two things. She's got two skills. I'm always walking it back. (laughs) Here's a pitch. Bradley, I want to I want to make you a car. I want you to play the Dodge Ram. Okay? I want you in a big car suit. Oh, I'm in. I am in. I'm in. And so Spielberg, you don't want to CGI this. You want you want a practical Practical. suit. You know, well, I'm thinking my- this is my story to tell. Yeah, that's We're always right. talking about that. And I'm like, oh, Lady Gaga, she could play a Porsche. McConaughey, he got the fucking Lincoln thing. I'm going to be the Ram. That's McConaughey's always fucking with my game. And, uh, you know, I got to. Oh, get- I love this. I love talk talking crap about McConaughey. This oh, is what I, I like about getting to getting together with my friends. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you for the espressos. Just pretty good. <laughs> Love you, baby. Actually, this um, tastes like shit. Why are you treating my wife like a waiter? <laughs> There's something wrong with you that you just suddenly treat my wife like a waiter. Please don't. Okay. I know she's lingering, which is odd, but she can't help that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't mean to. It's just a. It's just force of habit, you know. Anyway, I'm thinking. So the Bradley Ram. Coop- I'm. I'm gonna be the Ram. The okay, Dodge Ram. Okay. So is this like a Transformers kind of element thing? Oh. Where I'm like a, it's like Transformers meets. <laughs> oh like, no! So I'm no. gonna be like a Decepticon. We can't kinda- say that. We can't. Is it the GoBots? The GoBots were, yeah. were the knockoff of the Transformers. Like the GoBots or something like that. I'm a, I'm a robot that I'm also a, a, a crusader. It's kind of like connecting with the working people by being the things that they work on. Mm, I'm yes. thinking Lady not, Gaga not will sit on top of you the okay. whole movie and drive you around town. I have a lot of experience with that. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Similar she's going to be going through her life and you're just going to be a car and we're going to see what it's like to be a car, but in an awful car, a Dodge car. Uh-huh. And you're going to do heinous acts all over town. I mean, I, oh, I'm, it's really just about f- that. like you're going to be running over people, running, running through the bank. We're going to get you going right through the bank. That's my uh-huh. goal. Getting you to roll through the banks. This is such Gosh. a better idea than the one that I came in with about derivatives and short selling things. This is this is exciting. This is the yeah, kind of thing. this doesn't doesn't feel like the project we were signing up for. But my <laughs> no, agent this... said I have to accept. Whatever I'm sorry. Whatever whatever Spiel wants. So yeah, he gets. I mean, the Fast and the Furious franchise is over. Let's admit it. They've left a big gaping, uh, you know, hole in the cinematic universe that we can drive my 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 ram essence into mm-hmm. 
That sounded odd, but but it sounded ran right. It right it through right. that hole. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if there's one thing that 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 Bradley Cooper's good at, it's innuendo. Mm. Lady Gaga walking it back. Bradley Cooper innuendo and playing cars. And of course, Steven Spielberg uh, defending his wife and mm-hmm. this guy, uh, Mr. Kaufman, Charlie Kaufman, oh. Kaufman. Charlie Kaufman. Um, of course. I'm look. My whole thing is I'm a little bit weird. All right. But you love my movies. You always come back, don't you? What are some of your movies? Sorry, I'm just. Adaptation. If, if you want me to just sit here and list my movies, Adaptation being John Malkovich. I'm a big fan. Actually, I think Adaptation is the right vibe for this. It's kind of like it would be a movie about making a movie about making a movie. And see, <laughs> Kaufman can take this this Dodge Ford story. You know, if there's one thing I know with my buddy Charlie Kaufman, he can turn anything into something. And then, you know, the Transformers slash Fast and the Furious aspect, kind of bringing together the derivatives and the, you know, and the car racing with also the um, the um, human robot connection and kind of then breaking the fourth wall and bringing the audience. And I, I know if there's one thing I know, um, uh, you just, uh, can you hand me one out that espresso? Thank you. Um, is that my buddy, Charlie Kaufman, he can write his way out of a paper bag. That's for sure. And cut. So we have we have a perfect. We we got we got everything we needed here. Thank you, everyone. Uh, thank you, Mr. Spielberg, uh, uh, Bradley Gaga. This this is going to be the first thirty minutes of the movie. Um, I know it's not going to make a lot of sense now, but um, and I'm sorry uh, I had to be so rude to your wife, Mr. Spielberg. But as part of we the were movie. being filmed, I had no idea. Well, yeah, I thought this was a meeting. I was very surprised to hear you call cut. Just yeah, now. well, you see, um. That's my whole shtick. You see, <laughs> you, know, you know, never know when the movie ends and the movie begins. And where so are the cameras in Mr. Spielberg's office? Well, why don't you take a look at the espresso cups you're all drinking? Oh my <gasps> god! Oh my! Oh my! Cynic Doke, New York. Good yes. lord! All of the shots will be going straight up uh, <laughs> from the ground up into our faces. <laughs> Look out, Orson Welles. This is a, this is a masterpiece. I'm so thrilled to be a part of it. That Oscar um, is going to... I'm already clearing off a spot on my mantle for that Oscar. You're welcome. Oh, well, thank you. Oh, I just wish my wife wasn't so belittled on camera like that. Even though it's for the movie, I just feel very in my head about it now that you were so mean to her. Like, I just don't know if that's going to read. I just don't know if that's going to read. I just had to say it. I don't know. It feels like it's really setting yourself up, Mr. Kaufman, to get in trouble the, the way you acted. So, you know, I'm just I just had to say it. OK, I know yeah. we're in a different time, you know. What different time? It is a different time. It is. Oh, yes. Cut, cut to later that night. Steve is in is in bed with his wife. And I just don't understand why he was treating me that way. I was shocked, speechless. He thought you were a waiter, and but I. But it was. Our I know that you were dressed like a waiter. You know. But a black a black dress isn't necessarily a waiter. I know. I love the black dress. You know, I love the black dress. I know. I know. I thought it would look nice, just while I was dropping in some espresso. But Stephen. <sighs> Why were you saying those things to Lady Gaga at the beginning of the meeting? Oh, I heard baby. you say Gaga Gaga at her. Oh, baby, you know me. You know I love music and I love jazz. 
And when she did that Tony Bennett album, I just kind of saw myself in his shoes for a moment. I had this little dumb fantasy that I was Tony Bennett, senile, being puppeteered by Lady Gaga romantically. And I don't know, you know, I'm a creative. I have these little dreams, you know, and, but you I, know love I love you. You know, I love that you're a creative with your little dreams, but it just is getting harder and harder to let that excuse this sort of behavior, Stephen. What am I what supposed you, to do? What do you, you saying? You can see that people in this industry no longer respect me. I'm a joke to them <gasps> because of the way you behave with other women. Baby, you know, <laughs> baby, you know I'm here saying a lot right now, baby. This is, <laughs> we can't go to bed on a fight. We, we said no fighting before we go to bed. Uh, we're not going to. No going to bed after arguing. Okay, so you we're gonna work. Do this. You we're gonna work this out. No fight before bed to get out of. Knock, 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 knock. <laughs> Come in. Come in, of course, <laughs> to the bedroom. <laughs> uh, yes, hello, Mister and Mrs. Uh, Spielberg. Can I get either of you a club soda or um, maybe a chamomile tea before bed? Stephen, do you want to address what's happening here? Why? That's our son. Our son <laughs> thinks he's a waiter. I just try to take after my mom. What's my going mom. on? Okay. Why? Well, hey, why are you wearing a black dress? I just thought I wanted to look like mommy. Oh, so, Stormy, no. you do look like mommy. Wow, and you were pretty rude to me, Dad. Seems like you've taking after that Mr. Coffin character who everyone, <laughs> who apparently everyone hates. <laughs> and cut. That was great work, guys. I am really excited. And thank you so much, Steve, for letting me direct this one scene. I know it was kind of putting yourself into the film, like crossing the boundaries. I mean, people got excited about Joaquin Phoenix, but I'm telling you, this is like a whole new level of art. And I, I, I definitely think we all should be dusting off our mantle for the Oscar. And I got to say, uh, Mrs. Spielberg, I, all of in all respect to you. That was some amazing method acting. You seemed genuinely hurt by his um, flirtation with Lady Gaga. That was um, kind of embarrassing to all of us. And it was really, uh, it felt like you really dug into it. Um, and uh, you kid, I think you got a great future. Hey, thanks. I got Spielberg blood in me. Of course I do. <laughs> Oh man, I am so confused. Was that we're in a movie? I mean, what's happening to my life? I just want to put Bradley Cooper in a big car suit. That's all I want. And and you and you'll get that, Dad. You'll get that. Don't worry. Don't worry. Do you guys hear that? <sighs> you could hear Wrigley Field from here. Damn. <laughs> they really, they really folded, didn't they? He really gave in to what the crooks at the MLB wanted. Used to be quiet, you know. I used to be, be able to hear. I used to be able to hear hear the cars pass and hear people turn off the lights in all their little shops. And Ever hey, Dad, thanks eight, for moving. Eighty-eight. It's been so much louder. <laughs> yeah. They, they, and and thanks, Mom and Dad, for moving us out of LA. It's it's been brutal over there. I, I'm really happy here in Chicago, minus any of the evening activities. You're welcome, son. It's time for you to go to bed. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Don't well, be going and sneaking off to that baseball game. No, no, no. It's, 
it's eight. It's eight p.m. It's it's time for all. Of our, it's, it's our bedtime. It's I know, but bedtime. I know you. You sneaking out. You're gonna go see a baseball game with your friends, and then nothing good happens after eight p.m. Oh, what's, what's gonna Why happen? Why don't you turn Dad? out your pockets? Why don't you turn out your pockets? And if you have any gum in your pockets, you're gonna be in big trouble, Mister. Turn them out. Turn them inside turn out. Turn them out. Turn out your pockets. If you're not clink, doing any games. Clink, uh, clink, uh, clink, clink. A bunch of gum hits the ground. Clink, clink, clink. <laughs> bunch of hard gum. Clink, clink. It's not what it looks like. It looks like gum. Looks yeah. like your pockets were full of gum and you were headed to a night game, baseball night game against everything this family believes in. Okay, you want to know a secret? You want to know a secret? I'm going to pull my dentures out. Jesus Christ. That's right. I, oh my I God. haven't had teeth for the last five years. You're 17 years old. I know. I know. But this is who I am. I'm a night gum chewer. You look awful. You look disgusting. I failed as a mother. I you, Mom. you look like one of those cigarette, like cigarette ads in a doctor's office where they're like, this is what your lungs look like. But I'm, this is what you look like. You look disgusting. I just chewed a lot of night gum. I was—I didn't know this was going to happen, but I can't stop, and I hate chewing day gum. You look like you did when you were a baby, and I wondered if I'd ever be able to take care of you and love you. And now I'm just not sure again. Oh. Wait a minute. Do I hear a, a convertible outside? Who is that? Is that your buddy? Tom hey, uh, it's <laughs> me, Bradley Cooper. Mother. I've been, I'm driving my Ram truck just like I always do. Hey, kid, uh, Spielberg kid, you ready to go to that night game at Wrigley Field? Let's go. I got, I got Gaga in the back and we're going to have a good time. His teeth pop out. His teeth pop out. Bradley Cooper's teeth pop out. Oh, mother of God. Hey, I've been chewing a lot of gum at night. So, uh, you know, I'm still really excited about my career, but, you know, I just can't quit the gum. I think it's just people should start accepting us more. And I honestly think, actually, Dad, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Don't. I'm going to. What? Dad, I, I'm i going to grab on your teeth and. Hello. Hi. Stars. Hey, I can't. I've been packing lips myself. <laughs> well, 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 it seems we all want to do the same thing. Mom? What, mom? <laughs> or like, baby? I, I never thought the day would come when I have to turn my back on this family. But you know, baseball is a daytime sport. I can't go oh. down this road with you. Oh. And my teeth, my teeth are mine. And she closes the door on them. You can get Ooh. in the car with Gaga if you want. Well, the moral of the story is fuck Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> Gaga pops out her teeth and fuck moms. Am I right? That's just around. Oh, uh, oh yeah. That was awesome. Wow. That was a journey. That was a journey. journey. We did that was look, a journey for we sure. We learned some things. Uh, well, when we come back, we're going to play Laying Down the Pretense. The game show everybody loves to be confused by. And we're back. Welcome to Laying Down the Pretense. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, Laying Down the Pretense is a game where I ask ridiculous questions and arbitrarily around... around um, 
If this is your first time listening to the podcast, Laying Down the Pretense is where I ask arbitrary and confusing questions and award arbitrary and confusing amounts of points. Um, our contestants have not seen the questions in advance, and they will be judged based upon the quality of their answers as well as the quantity of answers. Uh, first question is going to go to our returning guest, Artoon. If you had an uh, opportunity to give an elevator pitch to aliens as to why they ought to abduct you, what would you say? I would say um, I'm very weak. I have asthma. Um, I have dermatitis on my hands. Um, and so there's no chance I would be able to resist you successfully. Um, I'd be happy to be abducted. Um, and I probably would not be able to battle that is the correct answer. Full credit, 100 points. It was leaning into weakness was what we were looking for. Thank you very much, Artoon. Excellent. Thank you. That's Thank you. What happens when you get an experienced player on this game? They just right out of the gate. All right. The next question is going to Rob. Right. Rob, if you were a sitcom character, what would your catchphrase be? Oh, no. There's too much sugar in my coffee. Oh, no, there's too much sugar in my coffee is the correct answer. That is the catchphrase we were looking for. Absolutely correct. How did yes. you get that out of all the catchphrases in the world? That was the one he just knew. Have you seen these questions in advance? I have. I have. <laughs> That's perfect. Well, full credit. We got 100 points for our tune and 100 points for Rob. Uh, Christina, the pressure's on. Now, I know you've got a law degree and you've passed the bar, so you are a, a full lawyer, but... That doesn't mean you can answer these questions. This is tough. Coming to you, Christina. You apply to be in the Avengers, but you are rejected from the Avengers because your superpower is too boring. What was your power? Well, I think if I had invisibility, I still would be, you know, no muscles and afraid and not really experienced in hand-to-hand -hand combat, I'd just be able to go invisible, and I think they would not be that interested in my skill set. <laughs> that is correct. Invisibility is the least favored, weirdest, and most boring superpower, and that is universally agreed. <laughs> that is correct. I feel like it's like invisibility lacking self-confidence at the same yeah. time. Yeah. It's really, yeah, it was really kind of, there was a it was a layered answer. It was not just what was given, but it was how it was given. Yeah. I've Full credit. the Avengers the entire time. That's right. They didn't I've even never know. never participated. <laughs> <laughs> it's got invisibility. You're in every it's movie. Like, you're actually, actually, you're in all of them. All of the, it's like the, the MCU has like another character. like, oh, you didn't know? Yeah. She was here all along. Less getting rejected and more getting kicked out. Exactly. <laughs> Well, uh, perfect score for you, Christina. The, the score is tied at 100 for each of you. So we're going to roll to the second round. Second round goes to you, Artoon. First question. If you were given a million dollars, what is the third thing you would buy? Not the first, not the second. What would be the third first, thing you would buy? Second. Um, I was going to say chocolate. <laughs> 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 It'll be the wrong answer. Here. I'm glad you didn't say that. That was the fourth thing, but go ahead. Um, I think it would have to be the third thing. You know, a million dollars, uh, a couple things I've always wanted, but I think wouldn't be the first thing I would get. Uh, would probably be, and this is 
espresso machine to make it. I've been big on espresso today. We've all been talking about espresso, but mm-hmm. I can make a little latte for myself at home. You know, after I get my big purchases out of the way, I think I get it. That's right. That is absolutely correct. The first thing is a house, as everybody knows. The second thing is a car, and the third thing is an espresso machine. Artoon taking it to two hundred points, shaking, showing us how it's done. And don't forget, the fourth would be chocolate. That's right. The fourth is chocolate. As wouldn't be, I could get. It wouldn't be espresso, shockingly, even though you got the machine. <laughs> No, no, no. Put off the espresso purchase. Put off the espresso purchase. Right. And get as much chocolate as I could possibly. Absolutely. That's That's insane. (laughs) (laughs) All right, uh, Rob, uh, your uh, second round question to you is, what isn't illegal but feels like maybe it ought to be illegal? Being rude. No, uh, no. I, I, I'm thinking of something physical. Let's say, like, uh, like blue cheese. I don't know. Blue cheese is correct. It's so good, <laughs> it ought to be illegal. It ought to be illegal. Uh, blue cheese is the right answer. We would have also accepted taking a nap. Oh, taking a nap would have been also an acceptable answer. But blue cheese is an excellent answer. And full credit to you, Rob. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. All right, Christina, the pressure's on again. She has shown herself to have nerves of steel through the first round. Can she hold it up in the second round, or is she going to crack under the pressure? Let's find out. Uh, Christina, you've just been given a yacht. What is the name of the yacht? Firebomb. Firebomb is correct! Oh, my God! I can't believe she got it! Most people would think it's some kind of a pun. Like, well, that's like what Dusty should happen Rose, to all you. Yeah. Firebomb. Firebomb is correct. Well, folks, we are tied after two rounds. 200 points to each of our players. So our final bonus round goes, same question, all three players. You can go in any order, volunteer, jump in. The question is, who plays you in the biopic of your life? He's a little old but I think Ray Romano would do a great job. <laughs> <laughs> Ray Romano is correct for our tune. Excellent answer. And, you know, with the de-aging technology that's recently oh, they been... Can, they can easily they can do make it. it. Easily, easily. And then they can predict my future. I know. Everybody wants to see a 12-year-old Ray Romano. Um, mine is a little old, too. Uh, Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> I don't think people are he's a great character actor. <laughs> Give the guy a chance, right? <laughs> the guy needs a big break. He's done everything else. What he needs now is that Oscar. He just needs the role. He just needs a role. He just, he just needs he's waiting for the role. He just needs he's, a chance. Um, that is correct. That is correct. Excellent answer. Uh, Artoon, what's Kendall's last name? Kendall Landreth? Uh, I don't know. No. Oh, no. Oh, no. I, I, I can look it up. It's a deep, it's a deep cut. It's a deep cut. It's a deep cut. It is Landreth. My girl, Kendall Landreth. Kendall Landreth. Honored to have her play me in the movie of my life. Look her up. Follow her on TikTok. Kendall Landreth. (laughs) 
as Christina Moore. I can see it now. It's like on the marquees everywhere. Well, you all won. It was a three-way tie yet again. I can't believe it. Every single time we play, it seems not to be a tie. <laughs> now that's been laying down the pretense. Thank you all for playing. You were great uh, contenders. I don't think anyone has ever played it as well as the three of you. Oh. And that's our show. Before we go, I'd like to give you the chance to do some shameless self-promotion. Where can people find you on the internet? What's coming up for you in the not-too-distant future, but uh, long enough that it gives us time to actually produce this podcast and not in the next six weeks? Um, but what's coming up? What do you want people to find you? Um, and we'll start with um, we'll start with you, Artun. Uh, what's up, everyone? Billy, thanks again for having me. Such a fun podcast. Um, such a fun time. Uh, you can follow me on all socials at Artoon Cartoon. That's Artoon, A-R-T-O-U-N, and then Cartoon, like it normally is. Um, watch Ghostbusters. Uh, it's super fun. And also, check out mine and Christina's podcast that's going to be definitely out by the time this is out. Uh, Cage Old Question, where we deign to ask is Nicholas Cage. Awesome. The answer is yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Rob, what's coming next from you or where can people find you on the socials, internet, what have you? Oh, um, also, thank you for having me, Billy. This was a blast. Uh, you guys can find me on Instagram at Rob Skirbo. So at Rob and then my last name Skirbo, S-C-E-R-B-O. And um, I'm going to be releasing eventually in the next couple months. We'll see. It'll probably come out at the same time as this comes out. A web series that Artoon is in. He's in an episode called Dino Portals. It's going to be great, great little web series that you guys all will need to check out. It'll be, it'll be really fun. Awesome. Dino Portals. Check it out. Coming to your computer right away. Christina uh, actually has a serious recommendation. Christina. Yeah. You don't need to follow me on any socials at all, but I would really recommend that everyone check out Miriam Cabba's book, We Do This Till We Free Us. It is a great abolitionist text and it helps remind us that the criminal legal system is a joke, though not necessarily a funny one, as we may have led you to believe today. So thank you so much, Billy, for having us on. Oh, it was such a pleasure. Thank you so much. I would love to have all of you back. I want to thank all of my guests, all three of you, Artun, Christina, and Rob. And I'm Billy DeClerc. You can follow me on Twitter at Max Headroom ESQ. And today I'm lit up like a Christmas tree, swinging from a chandelier because I come in like a wrecking ball. Thank you very much and goodbye. For a second there, I thought I didn't...